Warning, the following podcast may contain potential plot spoilers, but then again, it may not at all. Hello and welcome to Potential Spoilers. I'm Kieran and I'm joined by Maddie D. Kieran, it's actually a cookbook. And if you didn't want to hear that, then you really shouldn't be listening to the show because that isn't a spoiler from an episode of The Twilight Zone. Really? Yes. Is that me pretending like I haven't seen that episode? <laughs> Parodied from The Simpsons episode with Kang okay. and Kodos. Right. But yeah, You're ruining it's a, it's it now, Maddie. I'm not You're ruining, ruining anything. Now, speaking of Maddie ruining... context. <laughs> Does that lead us perfectly into what we're talking about this week? It may do. Yes. Uh, the movie's not out, so let's not judge. Yeah, Judgy. of course. I think a lot of people are really excited about this movie. Yeah. (laughs) I think it says a lot about our opinions of it. But before we start talking about Dark Phoenix, I just want to introduce the concept of the show to any first-time listeners, if there are any out there. Hello and welcome. If you're brand new, if this is your first ever episode, glad you could join us. Thanks for the download. What we do is we look at all the promotional material for a movie. We try and guess as much as humanly possible about the plot as we can. And then we have a fun little game when the movie comes out. We go and see it. We put our heads in our hands as we go, oh my God, why did we not see this coming? Why are we so stupid? Or we're exactly on the money and we go, gosh, Hollywood movies are so predictable. We are geniuses. That we predicted every major plot point. paying us to write the movies? Yes, or paying us to write better movies. Exactly. Like we said in episode one, it's really a reflection of Hollywood itself. If we're able to accurately pick out plot points in the movies themselves, if we can do it, that means anybody can do it. They need to up their game. <laughs> yes. But so far, we've only had one of the movies we've talked about actually come out. Well, they're all going to come out eventually but we've only had Captain Marvel, our first episode, has hit screens and people have been able to see how close or how far off we were with that one. But by the time you listen to this episode, there'll actually be a second movie out. The third episode we recorded, Us, by Jordan Peele, will finally be out. We teased that that would be out in the last episode, but it was actually delayed a week. I'm excited. But it is officially out worldwide right now. Anyway, this week we're talking about the 12th instalment in the X-Men franchise. My god, there's so many of these. The X-Men film franchise, I should say, rather. Yes, there is a lot. X-Men Dark Phoenix. So, Matty D, what is your history with the X-Men franchise? I've got to ask straight away. Wow. Big question, because, I mean, I I watched it when it first came out in the 2000s. I loved it because it was great, and yeah, been watching them as they've come out, have had differing interests. So, you've seen all of them? No, I haven't. Okay. I I saw the early ones, but I kind of lost interest a little bit later on, which kind of hurts. So, what didn't you see? What was the point where you fell out? I didn't watch Apocalypse. So, that was the only one you haven't seen. So, you watched 10 movies out of 11. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I think, I think I've watched 10. I might be missing some. I can only remember not seeing Apocalypse. What else did I... I read some of the comics. Really? Yeah, loosely. What were they I had, like? I had a, yeah, they're very good. I do have friends that are really into the X-Men comics, so I hear about a lot about the lore from them. I watch the cartoon series. Mm. So yeah, that's my history with it. Mm. Nothing too exciting, nothing too different from probably oh, a lot of people. Enough. So you can argue that you're fairly versed with the universe of I, X-Men, at least the film universe I kinda, anyway. Yeah, I kind of get the film universe. So my history with the X-Men as a film franchise and I suppose as a franchise itself when I was a very young chap I was exposed to a lot of the classic 90s X-Men cartoon of course I it was a rad cartoon it was I think I just really liked the theme song but then when the show would come on itself I would sort of lose interest in it I never knew what was going on it always felt like they were in the middle of doing something that I didn't really understand <laughs> so I was like oh, I've got to see from episode one to really understand this and then I finally saw episode one and I was like I can't follow this at all because everyone had already been introduced there was no origin story you weren't sort of walked into it carefully like they do in the movies they, yeah. they sort of throw you straight into the action and then they tell 
tell you everything in between fight scenes. Like, oh, this is Professor X. This is Storm and Cyclops. And they're mutants, so just deal with that. I never really got into the show too much, never really got into the comics. My brother really got heavily into the series. Well, I think the TV series and at least the character Wolverine, like a lot of kids at the time. Hello, if you're listening, by the way. Um, Hi, Karen's brother. I suppose I watched a lot of the films through him. At least a lot of the original trilogy anyway. As I said in previous episodes of the podcast, superhero movies and fandom and lore have never really been my strong interest point. No way. It's never really been one of my hobbies, so... I've always seen X-Men specifically through his periphery. Yeah. But the first ever X-Men movie I saw in the cinemas, I think I saw most of the first one. You know, it was always on the background on the TV. I saw most of the second one, always on DVD on repeat. And then the first one I ever saw in the cinemas was X-Men 3, The Last Stand. Yeah. And that one was a doozy, if you ask me. I mean, I've never laughed more in the cinemas. (laughs) I remember liking it. I think people are too hard on that movie. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, a lot of people say that now. I guess they've had a lot more X-Men. Yeah. movies I over mean, time that they can it's, compare it's it to. It's not great, but I didn't think it was trash. It was fun. And the next one I saw was X-Men Origins Wolverine. Yep. And then I said, I'm not watching another goddamn X-Men movie that in my life. That was particularly bad, though. Eventually, someone talked me into watching First Class. Which was really good. And I ended up really enjoying it. That was probably the best one. Days of Future Past was me. Yeah, it was okay. Yeah. I was take or leave it with that one. I enjoyed it enough. But yeah, X-Men Apocalypse, I had to give up on it halfway through. I had to turn <laughs> it off. I really it. didn't like it. So that may hurt my overall impressions of this movie. I'm certainly not excited for well, it. Well, at least you saw it. I never saw it. Well, I didn't see all of it. I think I saw at least half of it. But yeah, I turned it off halfway through because I just couldn't deal with it. But yeah, apparently the ending of that movie really plays into the plot of this movie. So yeah, I when I saw where it was going, I was like, wow, that came out of nowhere. But <laughs> only to find out later that they set it up <laughs> at the end of the last movie. Yeah. So you would have been especially lost when you sat down to start formulating yes. the plot of this movie because a lot yes. of the characters, in fact, most of the characters and the locations and the status quo is established in that last movie. I know, yeah. It was really hard. <laughs> I, I was very lost. I am very lost. So sometimes Maddie D and I will sit down and watch the trailer together and sort of get a feel of, you know, mm. the movie that we're going to be talking about in a yep. week's time. But Maddie D, he was watching the Dark Phoenix trailer and going, who's that? <laughs> Who's that? Why is this happening? That's why I knew that this episode was going to be a particular challenge for him. Yeah, it, it really is. But what do we know about Dark Phoenix so far? Well, we should say that there is two trailers out for this movie, at least yes. that we see. So there might be a trailer that comes out afterwards. And thankfully, they're pretty plot-heavy trailers too. They, they are, sort of give they a fair are. bit of the plot away, in my opinion. Yeah, but that's as far as we know in the Dark Phoenix now, world. The whole character and concept of Dark Phoenix, they've actually explored before yeah, of in course. X-Men 3, the last stand which of course me being not really into comic books or x-men in general i knew very little about the character or how it should be portrayed in the lore of x-men but apparently a lot of people are really unhappy with how x-men 3 portrayed the whole dark phoenix saga they said it wasn't really done well it was diluted it seemed at the time when they announced this movie it seemed strange to me that they were going back to a concept that they'd already explored and failed in the past but i suppose the intention this time is is to to do it. it right yeah now who better to do it right than a first-time director, Simon Kinberg. 
And do you know what his previous efforts? Now, he never directed anything before, but he certainly wrote a lot of movies. Oh, yeah? What did do you he know do? what one of his previous efforts was? Please tell me. X-Men 3, The Last Stand. Because that's really interesting. <laughs> Why not get the guy who cocked up the story last time to direct the movie this time? But I think he really wanted to do the story right and so wants to revisit it. So I think that's kind of cool. Makes I think sense to me. The Dark Phoenix saga was something they always wanted to do, and I think they didn't feel like those current X-Men movies were the right spot to do them. Because it gets a little crazy, the Dark Phoenix. Yeah, I've heard that in the comic book anyway, that it goes really crazy. It's really cosmic. Something that I don't think they'd ever really be able to explore in a film. Yeah, that's my thinking as well. Did you explore the comic book origins very much? A little bit, yeah. So he's cheating again, folks. I am not. He's probably read the full thing. Now, in preparation, I should tell everyone, I actually watched X-Men 3 The Last Stand this week. Oh, wow. Yeah, and let me tell you, even in revisiting it... It's a great movie. (laughs) My opinion didn't really change of it over time. Now, it was also my intention to re-watch X-Men Apocalypse, the most recent film, but I just ran out of time. I couldn't do it, folks. And maybe it was for the better. (laughs) Maybe I'll still be lost. We'll find out, I suppose. (laughs) I know we're a bit quick to judge poor old Simon Kinberg here for writing the previous Dark Phoenix attempt, but he did write some other films. Yep. He wrote the last two X-Men movies. He wrote Days of Future Past and Apocalypse. So take that... As you will. And he also wrote the most recent Fantastic Four movie. <laughs> the massive, successful Fantastic Four movie. So, yeah, he's uh, batting a winner here. I know I know you're thinking, oh, he might have written uh, X-Men First Class. No, he didn't. That was someone else. <laughs> so... <laughs> Hmm. I'm hopeful. I'm certainly hopeful. Yes. Well, that's a little bit of a taste, I guess, of what we might get from this. Yes. Now, another little tidbit that I wanted to point out. This is actually a period piece. So all of the other, I suppose, the reboot series of X-Men anyway, um, starting with First Class up to Apocalypse, have been set 60s, 70s, 80s. This one's mm. actually set in the early 90s, 1992 to be specific. This seems to be a thing with movies. They're setting yeah. them in the 90s now. Wow. I don't think they'll go quite as cute with it as Captain Marvel did. Mm. And I think we ended up being fairly on the money with how they treated the 90s in that movie. If you listen to our first episode, how we predicted what they do with that setting, we were pretty on the money. I mean, they may not have played LaBouche, (laughs) but they certainly played a lot of Nirvana. I'm predicting, oh, they don't really get that cute with it in the X-Men movies, at least not in the last two. But I think if they play any music, they may play something like Nirvana. Quicksilver will do it. Fingers crossed. Yeah, it's going to be in the Quicksilver scene. Fingers crossed. I'm hoping there's some LaBouche in this one. (laughs) Since I missed it in Captain Marvel. <laughs> but if anything, I could see them doing it in this movie, especially in the Quicksilver scene. So who's in the film, Karen? Well, we've got a lot of returning characters in this one. First of all, we have James McAvoy, who's arguably been the star of the previous installments, returning as Charles Xavier, a.k.a. Professor X. You may have seen him recently in Split, in Split and Glass. That's right, he... Glass was the latest one. Yeah, that's right. But I think he started off in Shameless, if I'm not mistaken, if you've ever seen that series. Wait, did he? Yeah, the UK Shameless. He was in it really early on. Really? I think he left it to pursue an X-Men career, (laughs) maybe. We also have Michael Fassbender returning as Magneto. You know him from everything. Yeah, you know him from his latest hit, Assassin's Creed. Was he in that? (laughs) Yes, he was the main character. Now, he is another actor who I think he's a really good actor. He's so good. In a lot of stuff. He was really good as Magneto in the, I think, First Class. Yeah, he's so good. And I really enjoyed him in in Inglorious Bastards as well, even though he wasn't in that movie very much. But yeah, he's still a highlight in that movie. He is someone who really will just do any film role. So like I said, Assassin's Creed. He was also recently in Prometheus and Alien Covenant. That's right, he was too. Even though I really liked him in those movies. Oh, gosh, they were some doozies though. 
What is another one that he's done? I think these guys did really well considering it was, uh, you know, Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen in those roles. Yeah. They they owned them as well. But yeah, James McAvoy and Fassbender, they have a really good chemistry together whenever they are together, I find. We also have returning to the franchise for a fourth time, Jennifer Lawrence. Yes, old Jen. As Raven slash Mystique. Mm. Now, of course, we know Jennifer Lawrence from the Hunger Games series, I think is her claim to fame. Mm. Well, perhaps it was that time that someone leaked all those nudie pictures of her to the internet. Well, she's well known for it now. A lot of people have seen a lot of Jennifer Lawrence. Now, here is the major question for this one. I found it really surprising that she actually returned to the role of Mystique. Mm -hmm. They probably offered her a lot of money, but she seemed really happy to be out of the contract after the last film. I remember when she became famous in between the installments, she sort of kicked up a stink about having to wear the elaborate blue Mystique makeup. Did she? So, yes, she did. She basically said, I'm not going to do the films if you force me to wear that elaborate makeup all the time. So, I know in the second film, they made like a little suit for her to wear, like a little zip up suit and in some scenes you can actually see the zip on the back really and they they only painted her face and then in apocalypse they basically just had her wear like one of the x-men suits so she lost the iconic sort of nude look and she just wore an x-men sort of yellow spandex suit and then they did this really cheap looking like blue face with black spots on it and then they did the same thing on her hands and in this most recent movie it looks like they're going to do the same thing yeah that's what it looks like in the trailer yeah so i think 90 percent of the time she'll be regular jennifer Lawrence if she's really in the movie at all she might have a few choice scenes but yeah I think anytime we say she's going to be regular Jennifer Lawrence and then occasionally she'll be blue mystique well she is a shapeshifter she's never going to go back to that classic nude original mystique look from the older Brian Singer X-Men movies that's my theory anyway it's a shame because that makeup was really really cool yeah that was one of my favorite elements about the series was the detail in that makeup and the shapeliness of the actress (laughs) (laughs) remember Rebecca Romaine Stamos in that first series how could I forget a big part of my pubescence yes I thought Jennifer Lawrence was an interesting choice to say the least I've never really been a huge fan of her but like I said I find it surprising that she's come back Mm. after the way that she behaved in the previous two installments anyway. Yeah, well, she's a big name. we also got to remember that this is a shape-shifting character. Yes. So it may not be Jennifer Lawrence all the time. That's true. This is a circumstance where and they can easily the way, replace the actress. It's just kind of interesting because she's a big money actor in yeah. this cast. She's undoubtedly one of the big three. Big names, yeah. Would you give that to your character that would have to change appearance all the time? You know what I mean? It does make a lot of sense. Yeah, but in these most recent films, she's generally just Jennifer Lawrence though, so mm. she doesn't really go the same way that Rebecca Romaine Stamos did in the previous films where she was always transforming into somebody else generally men for extended periods of time who else have we got in this thing we've got Nicholas Holt sorry if that's not how you pronounce the name it's got an O and a U in it so I'm Mm. presuming it's Holt and he's returning as Hank McCoy slash Beast now I know him best about a boy yeah, he was about a boy boy. Skins? Yeah, was he in that as well? He was in But Skins. he was also in Boy Eats Girl, the movie where he played a zombie. There you go. But yeah, a zombie that becomes a real boy. It's like a Pinocchio zombie story. He's playing Tolkien, isn't he? I think he is. Yeah. Yeah, big name at the moment. Now, next we have arguably the main character of the movie. I mean, the movie's about her. They've actually dropped the X-Men from the title I've seen in the most recent posters and trailers. So it's just Dark Phoenix now instead of X-Men Dark Phoenix. But for the sake of our 
our discussion here, we'll continue to call it X-Men Dark Phoenix. But yes, we have Miss Game of Thrones herself, Sophie Turner. Sophie Turner. Now, yeah. I have never seen an episode of Game of Thrones, so I couldn't speak to her acting there. But You I, are missing out, sir. I did see her in the last film, X-Men Apocalypse, and I thought she was dreadful. Oh, God. I have no idea <laughs> why they decided to bring her back for this one after her performance in the last one. But from what I understand, an actor that we're about to talk about, Jessica Chastain, has actually mm. taken her under her wing. Yeah, that's what giving I've... her on-set acting advice <laughs> well, and mentoring throughout well, the process. I didn't... Because this is Sophie Turner's first feature role. Yeah. So they want it to be a good one. Because she's quite young, right? I don't know. I don't know how old she is. I know very little about Sophie Turner, except her performance in the last one. So, hmm. They even had her have a bow in the previous film. Like, there was like a, a scene where she arrow? was shooting a bow and arrow. I was supposed to tie into a whole, like, Game of Thrones appearance. Why does Jean Grey have a bow and arrow? There was no real reason. I think she was just practicing her archery. But yeah, Fair like enough. I said, I think they were just trying to tie it back to the whole Game of Thrones thing. Like I said, can't speak to it, never seen the show. Now, this is a little tidbit that I didn't mention earlier as well. They actually completed filming this movie at the end of 2017. Right. And had to reshoot most of it over the previous year. <laughs> and so that's why the release of the film has been delayed for almost a year. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Looks promising, folks. Looks promising. <laughs> this is going to be great. Yeah, it's going to be fantastic. I'm going to be first in line opening night to see this one. I can tell you that. Bring I'm, your tomatoes. I'm just going to quickly skip over the rest of the actors because they're not really that well known. Uh, they're mainly just known for appearing in these films. We're going to so. say what Jessica, what character yeah, Jessica Yeah, we're, we're walking up to her. We're okay, walking up right. the stairway to heaven all to right. Jessica Chastain. But yes, we've got Ty Sheridan returning as Cyclops slash Scott Summers. And then Alexandra Ship, who played Storm in the previous movie and who I thought was really good. Mm. And then Cody Smith-McPhee returning as Nightcrawler, who also appeared in the last movie. And Evan Peters as Quicksilver, arguably the best character in the previous two movies. Sorry, previous three movies. Yeah, he's become a little cult No, he was only in the last two, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he's been a real fan favourite. He also appeared in the Marvel Universe, played by a different actor in Age of Ultron. Yeah, well, not for very long. No. And he is revealed to be Magneto's son. Yeah, that's right. I think they revealed in the last movie that he was Magneto's son. So apparently he's coming back in a more serious capacity in this film but given his lack of appearance in any of the trailers i'm guessing he's just going to be in it for a scene like he is the scene in the previous two movies so it certainly looks like that'd be my guess and now last but not least we have jessica chastain who they're really not hiding the fact that she's obviously playing the villain of the movie Mm -hmm. now they haven't really given her character a name per se but all clues seem to point to the fact that she's playing mastermind or at least a combination of characters including mastermind who i know very little about in fact nothing at all well yeah so that fits in with the comic story mastermind is a villain a male villain. i presume that oh really Um, well they like to do that with these movies where they throw like a gender twist, a gender swap twist on classic sort of villain roles, especially. We saw that recently in Captain Marvel. Now, Jessica Chastain is apparently a really well-known, renowned, acclaimed actress, mm. but I haven't seen her in a damn See, thing. I recognize her face, but, uh, you know. I the can't. only thing that I know her from is that she's playing the adult version of Beverly in the upcoming It Chapter 2. Oh, really? Which, of course, I haven't seen because it hasn't come out yet. But every <laughs> other film that she's been in, I just haven't seen. So mm. I can't speak to her acting abilities. But from what I understand, she's very well acclaimed and he's a good screen presence. So. Oh, that's great. Fingers crossed this is another A-grade performance. You're bringing a lot of subtle hints of your feelings of this movie. Well, something they've done really well in the previous installments is they've brought in these really good actors and they've brought a lot to these roles. I mean, obviously, Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart 
were really good as the classic Magneto and Professor X. But then, of course, James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender, who we mentioned before, really brought an extra level to the characters. Yeah. And basically, every actor that they've brought in in a major role have been these really big, acclaimed actors. So, this is just following suit. So, we can just presume, all jokes aside, that she's going to do a great performance. Absolutely. But... We won't know until we see the movie. Yeah, that's no. So let's get straight into our plots. I believe you're going first this time, Maddie D. You are correct, Kieran. I am going first. I am Maddie D. I have not seen Apocalypse. I am going oh, in right. completely blind here. This was hard. I'm sure this it was. This was very hard. I know a little bit about the comic history about it. And from what I understand about this movie is that they went away from X-Men 3 saying that was a bad representation of the Dark Phoenix saga. We want to make it better so that the fans approve of that storyline. But when you look at the comic version of that storyline, it's very, very big, which I think this yeah. movie will try to be, but it's very, very... From what I understand, it spans over multiple issues. Yeah. Something you wouldn't be able to condense easily. Exactly. Down to a two-hour movie. There's aliens. There's... Civilizations in space. Civilizations in space. Not something we've really seen from the X-Men universe. So no. I don't know if they're going to do it. I've tossed up with this prediction that maybe they might introduce it, but I feel yes. like it sort of comes out of the blue. So let's put it down that I think that there's a possibility that this movie may have extraterrestrial life be introduced. Oh, I almost guarantee it. You reckon? Yeah, yeah. I'll go into it more in my plot, but still, yeah, I'm going to agree with you in that regard. I don't think it'll be as massive as... Because I can see it almost It's not going to be like, a Guardian of the Galaxy. No. No, no. I can see like this movie being an invasion or whatever, but I don't. Mm. I sort of steered clear of it because yeah. it sort of does not fit in with the eh, the universe that they've created. Well, I haven't seen the last movie, so who knows? Yes. All right. So this is my prediction of Dark Phoenix, and we are starting with a flash. Really? Back. Yes, of course. You know why? And don't you tout me, mm. Kieran, because all the X-Men start with flashbacks. That's, That's absolutely kind of correct. a thing. Yeah. So you kind of have to. We're, we're going to have a flashback. It's going to be a young Jean Grey. She is rocking up to the school of Charles Xavier. She meets a young hair-filled... <laughs> Charles. Harry Charles. Harry Charles. Uh, Charles with a luscious set of hair. And she asks if Charles can fix her. You know, Charles says she doesn't need help. And then we get like a sort of montage of Charles Xavier's relationship with Jean Grey, him trying to teach her how to control her powers. It's very cute. He maybe mentions it like a bend the spoon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Who knows what he's trying to do, but he's trying to explain to her there the, is no spoon. The, the morality of powers and, and control and balance and all that lovely yeah. X-Men stuff. And uh, what I'm thinking is going to happen is Jean Grey will notice a radio, mm. specifically a radio on a Charles radio? Xavier's desk, possibly. A ham performance, maybe. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a radio, and it'll instantly make other flashbacks to when she's in a car with her parents. and when will be playing like a specific song. Yeah. Only I don't even think it... You. I don't think even think it needs to play a specific song it'll just be like the dial of the radio will just trigger oh, her memory static. as a child looking at the radio being at the back of her which we saw in the trailer and which we saw in the original x-men 3 movie being in the back of her parents car and causing that accident that killed her so she will i don't um, think we saw that in the original x-men 3 we? movie I we did. no 
Uh, they went round to her house and she made Stanley's hose fries up. As dirty <laughs> as that sounds. That's how she got the part. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, it was a child. Come on, Matty D. And he's dead, so <laughs> give the man some respect. <laughs> I was talking about the actress, but anyway, we won't okay. touch that because I do love the Stan. Yeah, so she sees this radio. It triggers this brutal memory that we might see flashes of her in the yes. car, the car accident happening, and she will start to flip out. She'll start to lose control. Is this still child Jean Grey? Child Jean Grey, okay. yep. And then we'll just, I can picture it right now. Child Jean Grey loses her mind. Xavier tries to calm her down. Calm down, Jean, calm, calm down. down. It's all right, Jean. I'm with you. I'm with you. And then we- Look at my gonna, hair. Look at my hair. We're gonna, as look long as my, my hair's here, you'll be safe. <laughs> and then we're going to get a close-up of someone's eye. I'm going to say Charles's eye as he looks in horror. And then boom, present day, Jean wakes up. She's had a bad dream, Kieran. Mm. She's very, uh, you know- Emotional. Emotional. And Mystique She's traumatised And she's at the school She's safe But she's just had This very bad dream Mystique and what is, school Is that maybe? It is Charles Xavier's School for the gifted Yes There you go So this is a school As we know In the universe That Charles go Xavier's to. Former parents house That's right A school that Xavier Started up At the end of Apocalypse No he started, no. did it Before then didn't he He did it first at class The end of Days of Future Past yeah, Basically days, days of Future Past So it's a school He set up To be a haven for mutants It's in between The two um, movies anyway All the good guys Live there pretty much. Yeah. And so Jean Grey is one of those. a jet that comes out of a basketball it's, court. It's great. It's, it's a great fun. So Mystique happens to be there at this school as well. She notices that Jean Grey is having trouble sleeping. And this is where Jean Grey tells her that ever since the incident with the apocalypse, she's been having these reoccurring nightmares. And for um, everyone who didn't know, she unleashed her powers for the first time on Apocalypse. Yes. In the previous film. So. And defeated him. Charles Xavier pretty much. Dragon Ball Z style. Encouraged. might say. Encouraged Jean Grey to unleash her powers to their fullest extent. And yep. she managed to beat what was considered a god. Yes. Um, which is a pretty big deal. But this has changed something with Jean Grey. She's not quite the same. And she's been having these reoccurring Post-traumatic nightmares. Post-traumatic stress disorder. Yeah, possibly. And Mystique will have a nice little heart-to-heart with Jean. This is where we'll go into... We'll see all the characters doing their thing in the school will have some lovely little moments all your faves are there you know beast and cyclops and storm and yeah storm will be there but i think storm's journey in this movie will be a little bit different because she's kind of on the outs a little bit she's not really part of the crew because she was kind of a villain at the last movie or she was sided with the villain everyone makes mistakes everyone does but she's a little bit on the outs but you know we get to see the kids running around it's all lovely and new and we get to see the school as it is as well maybe some good character interactions the school in good times Jean goes to speak to the professor about her dreams he runs some tests on her <laughs> he does the angels let's pop down to Cerebro <laughs> for the millionth time and spend 20 minutes in there yeah well we we see Cerebro in this yes so I'm, I'm guessing it will be the case he, he'll just kind of talk to her he'll be sort of what he'll be doing is creating psychic forces in her mind meanwhile Magneto and his cronies are all hanging out I originally said Mastermind finds them but I think it would be much more better if they get intel that there's a creature that's been captive by some you know government organisation yeah. they break them out that's like a cool little scene yeah like a striker organisation they break it out and they find that it is an alien by the name of Mastermind they're interested in Mastermind because Mastermind Mastermind can shapeshift. She can also bend reality. What does Mastermind look like? Mastermind is Jessica, the actress. Okay, just looks like her straight off the bat? Yep. No monsterish form at this stage? Ooh, good question. Yeah, I think she will have a, a, a separate form, but we'll only see her as Jessica. 
Okay, fair enough. At the time being. And that's the visual that she chooses. Because why wouldn't you, right? Yeah, of course. If you could be anybody, (laughs) you'd be Jessica Chastain. So that's where they find them. In speaking with this person, Magneto is immediately drawn to her because... She's hot. Yeah, well, because she's she's from a different entity and also she has these powers that appeals to him. He knows Mystique. By the way, in the last movie, Magneto got married and had a kid. Did he really? Yeah, and they got killed off, of course, in the movie. And he had a bit where he killed all the bad guys and dropped to his knees and went, No! So that tells you how good the last movie was. (laughs) All these things I don't know. So maybe Magneto... By the way, the same thing happened to Wolverine in X-Men Origins Wolverine. So... mm. (laughs) It's a a running theme. Mm. Oh, man. I didn't even know that. God, I'm coming in unprepared. Um, Doesn't matter. Anyway, okay. So it weighs on our old Magneto. Magneto is interested in Mastermind because he has powers that appeal to him and his brotherhood, the Brotherhood Mm. of Mutants. And he he inquires after they fight off all the government agencies, he inquires what Mastermind is doing here. Mastermind says that she found that there was a great power that was intriguing to her. Goes into the fact that Apocalypse was killed. Apocalypse can't die, but yet something on this earth killed Apocalypse and she wants to find out the source of this power. Magneto is uneasy by the whole affair because he saw this power firsthand. Yes. Then we flip back to the school. So there's two sort of plots going on at this time. Cyclops tries to speak to Jean Grey. They've had a rift ever since the incident. She's been quite distanced from him. The reason is is because she's trying to protect him. But he doesn't see it this way. He wants to know why I don't really remember if they had a romance in the previous film. Oh, God! But I know that they did in the future films. When I say the future films, I know that they did in the original series, which are set in the future, so we can only presume. Question mark? I'm going with it. He's got to have something to do. Everyone who watched (laughs) the last films who automatically has an advantage on us is just going to be pointing and laughing throughout this entire review going ha ha you guys you know nothing well clearly well you know what what? it doesn't matter it doesn't matter we need something for Scott Summers to do so this is what he's going to do he's going to there's got to be some romance to between Jean Grey yeah you know what it's my prediction so there is Um, there is something going on between them two passionate sex scenes but there's been a riff against them in the incident and he wants to know he's sort of curious because she's seeing the professor she's seeing Mystique what's going on between you and the professor it actually <laughs> it actually culminates into a conflict where Jean lashes out and you see a bit of her powers mm. and of course everyone in the school is you know there's young people there's people teenagers teenagers children, exactly adults. they're kind of just all taken back and shocked this really affects Jean Grey because it's her powers bubbling up again and she sees that she's scaring people so she leaves spur of the moment very emotional the only place that she thinks to go to is back home to her hometown and when she does a lot of memories start bubbling up for her so she visits her whole house it's all completely abandoned and whatnot Stanley's um, moved out next door Stanley's moved out oh god that's sad yeah she start, suddenly starts to remember f- memories that were repressed so Charles Xavier has pushed back memories of her past the fact that she was and her powers were responsible for killing her parents this is when the X-Men come in the whole X-Force come in and try they to just rock up do calm. they yeah they just rock up because they followed her they try want to make sure that she's okay right especially Mystique they come in and she is so overwhelmed with finally realizing what she was responsible for that she goes into a different zone. She becomes powerful and she levitates and their attempts to calm her down are unsuccessful. She fights them and they all try to fight back but not hurt her. They try to like... Convince her to settle down. Exactly. Calm your farm. Peacefully incapacitated. She just causes... her out. She causes destruction. She attracts the attention of the military and Magneto and his brotherhood. So they're drawn into the town there and there's a big fight scene. Fight, fight, fight. We'll have our little 
Quicksilver moment here. Yes. When she turns into Jean, when like she manages to get away, when she turns into Jean, she's overwhelmed with guilt. She's kind of on the streets at this point. She's not with the X-Men or anything like that because the military kind of drove her out in this big fight scene. So she's kind of like gotten herself out, but she's coming to terms with what she just did. She's very upset. She's very conflicted. She then goes to the only place that she feels the most welcome and that's the Brotherhood of Mutants. And where are they located? They're just in some dingy kind of place. I think they have a little lair. Okay, of course. Yeah. Meanwhile, at the college, they discuss what happened with Jean. Everyone starts to turn on Xavier for what he'd done because they realise that he repressed her childhood memories. Mystique is very anti-Xavier. Beast is very anti-Xavier. Mm-hmm. A lot of them have a lot of issues. Storm is kind of on Xavier's side. She thinks that this person, that Jean should have been controlled and he made the right call. So there's a little bit of conflict going on. Internal um, squabbling. Yeah, exactly. So the Brotherhood of Mutants decide to take her in because that's what they're about. They're about like just accepting Except people for what they are because they're mutants. And then we get a nice little idea from Jean Grey's perspective of how the other side lives. She gets to personally know them. There are some nice moments with Magneto. Jean expresses her anger at Xavier and she feels kind of betrayed by him because she sees him as a mentor and a father figure. But she's also guilt-ridden. Magneto bonds with her over her feelings of Xavier. While she's staying with the Brotherhood of Mutants, Mastermind seeks Jean out because she's also staying with the Brotherhood of Mutants, mm-hmm. as from before. And she starts convincing her of her powers, starting to talk about the fact that everyone's always always tried to limit you and you should not be limited because what you can do is amazing she shows her some illusions tells her where her visions where, yeah visions tells her where she is from from this like space galaxy and you're an alien and what well in the original comics mastermind convinces jean gray that she is an ancestor called lady gray and that she is sort of endowed with this power and she and right. Jean Grey actually believes this. And Mastermind actually convinces Jean Grey that she's romantically destined for Mastermind and they actually become okay. a yeah. couple. But I don't think they'll go that route. No. But they might touch on that a little bit by Perhaps. saying, you know, you're destined for great things. Maybe not a weird ancestor that, you know, spans back a few decades, yes. but they might touch on it just to keep the fans happy because this is what this movie is all about. What, keeping the fans happy? Keeping the, yeah, absolutely. Mm. So the X-Men come to get Jean and to coax her out. All the other X-Men come with the intention of just convincing, especially Mystique, of convincing Jean to come back by herself and that she's not a monster and she's not a terrible person. But we ex- love you, Jean. Xavier, come home. Xavier, who knows Jean very well and is actually very invested in her, has the plan to knock Jean out, maybe by drugs or maybe by like a shot of whatever. And like a then, tranquilizer and dart. Then, He's got a blow yeah. dart. No. <laughs> Yeah, something like that, but he wants to actually get in her brain and make sure this never happens again. Right. Sort of like in X-Men 3, The Last Stand. Exactly. So when Jean comes and she's almost convinced of that, Mastermind is sort of there with Jean just on her shoulder. She convinces Jean that Xavier wants to do this. Jean is reluctant to accept this information. Also, Storm and Xavier are on that same page. So the only one who's in on it is Storm because she believes that Jean should mm-hmm. be controlled. So Jean is reluctant to believe this. She's upset with Xavier, but she doesn't think Xavier would stoop that low. Mastermind tells her to use her telepathy, her psychic powers, her mind-reading mm-hmm. powers, to tell the truth. Xavier's already always been more powerful than Jean, but Jean tries to read Xavier's mind. She actually overpowers Xavier, so she's stronger than Xavier, because she starts phoenixing up, and she finds the truth. This spurs her into an absolute rage. The mutants are all shocked and appalled when they hear about this, except for Storm obviously, but they're all shocked and appalled that Xavier would do this and the fact that he, that was his plan the entire time. So Jean unleashes and becomes full Phoenix. 
Big fight scene. Fiery maiden of glory. Yeah, big fight scene. They all try to control her, but they're all getting completely destroyed. This spills out onto the streets. Jean's flying around, just destroying everything. The military descend because, of course, there's this big cosmic entity. They're going to try to control him. They're going to try to shoot him, but they're not going to have any any luck. Magneto and Xavier, in this time, have an argument about what Xavier done and the fact that what the guy with ultimate magnetic powers versus a guy in a wheelchair. No, no. Well, an argument like about what he's done. So there'll be like an exchange of words. Right. And he decides that the Phoenix Jean Grey has gone too far and she needs to be killed. She's too overpowered. Professor X or Magneto? Magneto says this. Magneto comes to Xavier and says, she's too strong. She's too dangerous. You've gone too far, Charles. I'm going to take care of this. He tries to attack Jean. She bends his helmet, as we saw in the trailer. (laughs) He is not powerful enough to take on. his head around inside his helmet. She's too powerful for Magneto. So she's shown that she's too powerful from everything so they split the Brotherhood of Mutants and X-Men come together so Jean Grey is not They're here X-Men this. united yeah so they all they all sort of collect and maybe in the college they all collect and they all have a discussion of what was going to happen Magneto says that she's too powerful and that she needs to kill her this is a callback for me from the comics where the alien races all get together and all said that they need to kill Jean Grey but I don't think they'll how go how much in of that. this comic origin did you explore eh, not, not a lot because I don't think they'll go that far but I think they'll touch on that because I avoided it totally Matty just because I'm not a well, cheater I kinda, like you. I kind of knew a little bit about it, so yeah. it's seeped in, but I don't think they'll go that far, so I think it'll be Magneto's role to be like, we need to kill them, and the Brotherhood will agree. The X-Men, of course, will disagree. This will create this dialogue of like, should we, shouldn't we? Mastermind continues to manipulate Jean Grey, convinces her that all her friends and Cyclops doesn't love her and all her friends doesn't like her and they've all turned on her. She rages out. Eventually, she turns on Mastermind, so the puppet cuts her strings and turns mm. on the puppeteer. Nice metaphor. Um, she realizes that everything that Mastermind was doing was a manipulation. But the fact that she was right, she is more powerful than everyone. Even well, she should have known because of name Mastermind is kind of a giveaway. Well, I don't think she'll call herself no. Mastermind, but that's what I'm calling her. She'll turn on Mastermind and say, "You are right. I'm more powerful than everybody, including you." And she will destroy Mastermind, causing her to go insane. She'll get into her mind psychically and just play around and just destroy her. Flip a lid. Yep, and we'll see the alien form because she'll like shapeshift and glitch yeah. out and whatnot. The mutants get arrested at the college from the army because the army doesn't know what's going on or the police don't know what's going on. They all get captured in a truck. How long um, is your movie? It's getting to the end. Okay. Um, in the cinemas uh, at this point, poor Kieran would be looking at his watch. <laughs> no disrespect to your plot, but you know, I could totally see it being this long. So they're going in. Then the Phoenix attacks the truck, freeing all the mutants. She goes on an absolute rampage, goes supernova and kills many people and causes a mass genocide. No one can stop the Phoenix. Either Charles or Mystique will die. And I'm going to call Mystique is going to die. So Mystique's going to try to stop her. Her contract is up. She's going to get killed. Scott begs Jean Grey to come back as Jean. And it makes Jean fight within herself to push back the Phoenix. She manages to do it. Oh, what a nice moment, right? What a lovely moment. Jean's mm. back. Magneto still Happy wants. Magneto go. still wants her dead. So there's dialogue happening about like, no, she should be dead. This is too much. This will happen again, Charles. Jean is overrun by guilt, but otherwise everything still seems fine. Worldwise, Jean leaves the school. She turns into the Phoenix. 
She attracts the attention of the military. So it looks like she's just lashed out again. She tells Scott that she loves him. That's what I'm going to say. Well, maybe she'll tell Xavier. She'll tell Xavier, I love you and I forgive you. And the military come and blow her up with some kind of bomb. (laughs) Like a nuke. Yeah, not a nuke because that's too devastating, but they'll blow her up. This is when the X-Men will realize that Jean Grey actually was in control the entire time. She became a part of the Phoenix deliberately to attract the humans because she could not live with herself with the guilt she did and she knew that she was too powerful and if she ever lost control again she would cause more destruction she to the people X-Men 3 that she loves she would cause more problems to the people that she loves to yeah, the fans that she loves she, she'll uh, <laughs> So she'll commit suicide eventually and protect everybody. There will be a heartfelt funeral where they'll say something like, Gene did it for everybody or whatever, something like that. And that is when the movie will end. Somber, the Phoenix sad, will rise. But a big thinker for all of us at home. Mm-hmm. And that's my plot. Okay, there we go. Yep. Very interesting. Very interesting. Thank you. And in the words of Manny D in previous episodes, I disagree. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead. Now, first of all, I just want to say, is this film series even in continuity anymore? I don't know. Because I remember at the end of X-Men First Class, if you go straight to the original 2000 X-Men movie, it fits. It works in the timeline. And then it started to get a little bit messy with the introduction of Days of Future Past. Well, it was like James McAvoy was like a young Patrick Stewart, right? Like That's what I thought they were getting at. And it works with everything except X-Men 3. Yeah, that's right. Because you see young Charles walking around. Yeah, absolutely. I think by this film, they're just sort of giving up on the established continuity altogether and they're just establishing that, you know, what we're going to do our own storyline here. We're going to do our own timeline. Who cares? We're going to have our own version of the song. Yes, that's right. So my X-Men Dark Phoenix isn't going to be anywhere near as long as Matty D's X-Men Dark Phoenix. I'm sorry. I didn't think it was going to be that long. (laughs) No, it's all right. The audience will love you for it, hopefully. But I guess I just didn't extrapolate on certain points as much in my plot summary. But anyway, here we go. Again, unlike me, I think it's going to start with a flashback to the late 70s. So in between the second and third film in this most recent X-Men series. Now, I think it will start off with young Jean Grey as a cherubic little girl. Mm. I know a cherub's a boy, but anyway, let's ignore that. Riding in the car with her parents and they're happy. They're listening to a song and she's possibly on her way to Xavier's school for the gifted. Maybe they already know she's got powers. But what I think... Oh, that's good. Yes. What I think will happen is just randomly out of the blue, something will happen to trigger her. Maybe she gets a vision of some kind of something horrific that will happen in the future. Maybe of her killing Apocalypse in the previous film. And this will set her off causing the car accident that kills her parents. But she somehow survives. But quite like your plot summary, Maddie D, it turns out that this flashback is actually a dream. In present day, 1992, Jean Grey wakes up, but she's not in bed. She's in a spaceship. Okay. (laughs) She's in the X-Men's private space shuttle going off into space to rescue something like the Apollo 13 or a, a space shuttle that's in trouble, part of the NASA program that's in trouble who've been stranded in space and who can help but the X-Men and their mutant powers. You're looking confused already, Matty D. Yeah, very. <laughs> I think this will happen. I believe I saw this in the trailer. I um, did see space in the trailer, but... You just I chose to ignore it. it? Yeah. Okay. 
the whole X-Men crew are with her on the spaceship. So we've got yep. Cyclops and we've got Storm. Mystique is there. Beast is there. I'm not sure if Xavier will be there, but he doesn't really need to be there. He can connect to them psychically anyway. But because of her recent experience with Apocalypse, she's a little unsure to use her power. She's like, oh, I'm afraid that I won't be able to control it again if I need to. But this is a dire circumstance. These astronauts are in immediate danger. It's a gravity-style situation where right. they need to be out of the space station. Maybe some comets are coming to wipe them out. Oh, a solar flare. There you go. I think I heard somewhere that the solar flare originally sparked Jean Grey's right. powers. It does. It does. Uh, she eats a solar flare. She eats one. Something to that effect, okay. yeah. Okay. It powers her, yeah. I thought she, like, consumed a star or whatever. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, they're in danger of being disintegrated by the solar flare. So, at Xavier's pressing, Jean Grey leaves the spaceship. She goes down to the space shuttle to rescue them. But, unfortunately, she's too late. The solar flare already consumes them. It wipes out the spaceship. It wipes out the NASA crewmen. And it wipes out Jean Grey. She's obliterated. She's oh, no. killed. Fast movie. In the first few frames of the film. Yes. Credits roll. Yeah, credits roll. Short that, movie. That's there the you best. go. I told you it was going to be short. <laughs> that's, that's a way better improvement. So, of course, all the X-Men are devastated. It looks like Jean's been lost forever. They certainly failed the mission. So maybe the government was like, hmm, we thought we could trust these X-Men again, but it looks like they're total failures. This is a bad move for the X-Men. Need to go back to Back the- on Earth, Professor X is devastated. Cyclops blames Professor X for pushing Jean too far, resulting in her death. He points his finger and goes, it's all your fault. It's emotional. They have a token funeral where they bury some of her effects. Oh, you're totally right. I know where you're going with this. You're yes. totally right. This is how that's So there's happen. a shot in the trailer where it's like a really sort of haphazard grave in a way with flowers on top of you. I think they'll bury some of her effects in the rain. It's going to be very emotional. Everyone's really upset. Beast will also blame Professor X, I believe. He's going to have a falling out. Similar to your plot, everyone's sort of blaming Xavier for what happened because of how he pushed Jean to use her powers in this way. But in the depths of space, we are introduced to who else but the mastermind played by Jessica Chastain. She's just floating along happy as Larry through the void of space. Maybe she'll sort of be like a disembodied voice or energy presence. And she finds the remnants of Jean's soul just sort of floating. So in a way, she's still alive, but she's pure energy, Jean that is. And so Mastermind uses her powers to draw Jean back into a human form. Yep. And of course, Jean is overwhelmed going, well, what's going on? I thought I was dead. And Mastermind reveals, no, you're much stronger than you think. You were alive the whole time. You were just pure energy. Now you're a person again. You're a lot stronger than you realize. And then maybe then (laughs) Jean will have a scene where she demonstrates her powers by consuming a star and Mastermind will talk her through the whole process. You know, maybe she'll try and convince Jean that she is an alien. Maybe she says you're part of an amazing Kree warrior race or whatever it is that she's from. I think I'm mixing it up with Captain Marvel here a little bit. I don't know they're allowed to use those aliens. But sort of through bending time and space and manipulating illusions, the mastermind and Jean end up back on Earth. She sort of walks her through time and and takes her to her childhood home and says, look, Jean, this is you in happier times with your parents. Maybe she'll show her talking with Professor Xavier and say, but he was always trying to block you and not let you release your powers. He was always trying to hold you back because he was afraid of you and he wanted to be the most strongest mutant or whatever her silly reason will be to be like, he's bad. You're great. So what what is her reason for doing this? I mean, I know we wouldn't Mastermind. know at this at this stage, but what would be her motives? Mm. Maybe she's just evil. Okay. Maybe I can, she's I can just roll with a it. bad guy, Maddie D. Did you see how much development they gave to Apocalypse? Oh wait, you didn't see the movie. 
movie. <laughs> no, he was just evil. He had no motivation to take over the world. <laughs> he just wanted to. Maybe her deal is, maybe I just want to see the world gone because I'm a cartoon comic book villain character. Fair enough, fair enough. I can go with that. So that's as much development as I think they'll give her. But anyway, Jean Grey's in her hometown. She's wandering around. She goes to a church. She looks up at the cross. She listens to some cathedral music. It's very dramatic. She cries and says, you know, I can't believe what I've become. She's shaking her fist at the cross because it looks like an X and it reminds her of an (laughs) ex-savior. No, I don't think that'll happen. But yes, there'll be a dramatic scene in a church. I think this is where they'll work in the Stan Lee cameo. He might be sitting in one of the pews in the church and the audience will go oh now because Jean has appeared back on the earth and is exploring all her memories and psychic abilities this will attract the attention of Professor X mm-hmm. and he'll round up all of the X-Men and say Jean's appeared back on the radar we've got to go see what's going on and so they'll all jump in the jet and fly over to her neighborhood just as Jean is exploring her house with Mastermind now Mastermind I think will be more of a presence at this point than a physical entity so anytime the X-Men turn up she'll just sort of vanish and fade and be more like, I suppose I, I read somewhere that she's going to be like the devil on Jean Grey's shoulder. So she won't be a physical presence or at least not visible to the X-Men at this point. Not really like a ghost, but yeah, she just vanishes. Like a spirit. In a way, she just comes and goes into reality as she pleases. Okay. Kind of like Guardians of the Galaxy 2 almost in a weird way. I haven't seen it, so I can't speak to that. Now, because Jean Grey is emotional, she's upset, she's confused, she believes that Charles has been holding her back. When the X-Men arrive along with Charles, she's initially reluctant to join them. She's upset, she's crying, she's confused. They all say, Jean, I can't believe you're, you're alive. You should, for all intents and purposes, be dead. And she at first wants to go with them, but says, hang on. How do I know that you guys are here to help me? You've always been holding me back and this will lead to a big fight scene where I believe Quicksilver will have his big moment. He has his one big moment in every film because he's so overpowered. They can only really afford to have him in one scene and I suppose the effect is so expensive in each film they can't have him throughout the whole thing or he'd be able to defeat the bad guys in one go just because he's so fast and so handy. So I think this will be his one scene because I think she will kill him. I think she'll wipe Quicksilver off the map. That's a big call. Mm, Yes, well that's my theory anyway. Before he gets to tell Magneto that he's his son. I think Magneto might already know at this point, so... mm -hmm. Okay. I don't really think Magneto cares either way. I don't think that plot line will go anywhere. Again, quite like your plot, I think all this ensuing chaos will attract the attention of the government, will come flying in with armed soldiers and the military to try and take these mutants down while they're fighting, but this will create chaos on the battlefield and everyone will scramble. Gene will go one way, the X-Men will go the other in an attempt to escape from the military. And this will lead Gene to go off to the Brotherhood of Mutants, led by Magneto, on an island. Okay. So apparently Magneto has taken up shop on an island. That's right, he did. I read this and I completely it, forgot it from my prediction. It actually features quite prominently in the trailers as well. It shows establishing shots it's on like, the island, shows a little village on the island, them walking around. So it, this is Magneto's It's inspired home. by Apartheid, right? I think so. Yeah, it's like a refugee island. Yeah, that's right. Um, right. I want to also add that that's where Magneto is in my No, room. it's a dingy location in your that's, one. I knew that that's where it was because I like saw it. I was like, oh, oh yeah, it, that's where it is. It's a dingy island location there you go happy now yeah very happy anyway so i don't think at this stage they'll technically be the brotherhood of mutants i think they're just a rebellious group of mutants they just don't follow the norms maybe they're the more dangerous mutants who well extremists magneto's a fugitive at this point he has been for quite a while since he attempted to assassinate the president yeah so he's gonna be hiding out somewhere anyway so jean gray has nowhere else to go she goes to the brotherhood of mutants on this island maybe she'll strike up a friendship with magneto quite like in your 
obscure plot. But I think eventually the X-Men, the good old X-Men will turn up again, trying to get Jean back. They're like, Jean, come home. We miss you. But this will also attract again the attention of the government. The government's followed them the bad again. bad government. It's always the government in these movies, I isn't bet it? Uh, Xavier will use Cerebro to find Yeah, Cerebro. of course. There's going to be a scene where add that in. he's sitting in Cerebro. And he finds her He's in. got his hand on his forehead in that weird helmet that looks a bit like Magneto's helmet that sits on his head. Mm. He'll find her there. Gene, Gene, where are you? Where are you? Gene, Gene. <laughs> I don't know why. Where are you, Xavier Jean? sounds like a lame Paul McCartney impression, but let's ignore that. So yeah, they lead the government there. Again, they have a huge fight where it's government versus X-Men versus Magneto's Brotherhood versus Phoenix. Phoenix will flare up again. But in this circumstance, Phoenix is wiping so many people out. She's uncontrollable that Magneto realized, well, she's got to be stopped. So he and Xavier team up for once. They say, we'll put aside our differences and team up and they knock out Jean. Successfully. Yes. They attempt to subdue her and they succeed. In the process, Magneto is knocked out and this leads him and the X-Men to be captured by the government and be transported away on a special train with those collars around their neck that we saw on the trailer. Now, because Jean Grey was knocked out, Mastermind comes back and says, what are you doing? Get on your feet. Let's go. Mickey loves you. <laughs> yes. Get up, Rocky. <laughs> You've got to get after that train and wipe out the X-Men. I think she'll be dead set on wiping out Xavier and the other X-Men at this point because I guess they're the only ones that stand in her way of Jean Grey exploding the world, becoming the true Phoenix. So we had the scene on the train where Jean Grey bursts on. The government tried to take her down, but of course she dispatches them. The X-Men are released. Magneto has his cool moment where he lifts up all the machine guns and has some fire on her at once. Of course, this isn't going to defeat her. In the chaos, the train is going to get twisted and blown up and thrown through the air. All the X-Men are going to be thrown all over the place, all beaten, battered and bruised. They'll continue the fight over, I don't know, a field, fields and farmland. But it's going to be a very impressive visual feast nonetheless. And throughout the fight, Xavier and the other X-Men, Scott, Cyclops... Beast and Mystique, they'll eventually break through to Jean. They'll break past the Phoenix and get through to Jean and convince her, look, we're your friends. We love you. What's going on? And she goes, oh, it was Mastermind the whole time telling me what to do. And then they'll be like, who's Mastermind? There's no Mastermind here. And then that's when Mastermind will reveal herself to everybody. She wasn't the stunning Jessica Chastain with bleach blonde hair that we saw. She's actually a freaky looking alien. She takes her final form. She's too strong for any of the X-Men. But of course, who's got enough power to defeat her. Phoenix. Jean Grey, the Phoenix herself. So they fly up into space. They're having a massive amazing space battle but the only way that Jean can defeat her is if she goes full Phoenix supernova level. She essentially has to sacrifice herself to take out Look the ultimate form of Mastermind. When you were saying it in yours, I'm like, I can't believe he's doing exactly the same thing I am but you know it's that sort of movie. So she sacrifices herself, blows herself up to destroy Mastermind. Last ditch effort. Everyone's sad. They have a, a real funeral instead of a token funeral. And Professor X looks at the screen and says something prophetic about X-Men, quite like in your plot, leading us to the end. Maybe there'll be a teaser where, oh, maybe she's not dead. Maybe the grave will shake around like at the end of League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. But then it'll cut away before she comes popping out. But maybe. yeah, that's my version of X-Men Dark Phoenix. Interesting! <laughs> I just thought of this with your plot. Do you think that Mastermind will trigger other aliens to come off and you might have 
some alien no, fights. No, it seems like it could go that direction, but I think yeah, the style of the movie is it won't. I would see people going nuts, like average film goers going nuts if they just randomly introduced this whole alien yeah, subplot. I, suppose so, suppose I think so. Mastermind will be acceptable enough to audiences, but yep. if they're suddenly introducing a whole alien world, I think it'll be a step too far mm, for what true. they've established anyway. Because there's true. people, of course, who have never read an X Men comic, who have never seen the X Men series. I mean, we're two of them, basically. I guess this movie also leads in perfectly to. I know the movies aren't attached to the original movies, mm. but it kind of would lead to a reason of why society is so prejudiced against mutants. Then, yeah, because they've just. Witnessed I suppose if Gene survives somehow, it would lead still into the first X Men movie in a way, because she kind of has to be alive in that movie. Yeah, it's very loose, but yeah, yeah. Spiritually, it leads into you know the early two thousands. Okay, so let's say if they're trying to go in a new direction with it, she'll die. But if they are trying to stay true to those original Brian Singer trilogy, well, he only did the first two, didn't he? But if they're trying to stay true to those original movies, she'll survive in the end. Yeah, I don't see any version of this where she's left alive. I think they're going to kill her off. Yeah. I just don't see how they could go with it and, you know, leave her alive. I think there's a lot of interesting points you put up there, a lot of things that I think could possibly happen. You know, I, like, I should have said this I at like the start. I like the venture into space. Thank you. but I, That fits really well. I should have said this at the very start of the episode, but I actually find it very surprising that they're returning to this universe because I thought they wrapped everything up in the last film. I didn't think there was a when reason to return. When there's money to be made, yes, yes. you go straight but back to that well. I believe this may be the very last Fox X-Men movie. Really? I think they've lost the rights to it. Well, definitely a lot of characters are going to die then. Yeah. This might be the last hurrah. Maybe. I'm going to call it right now. It's so you think the, the stake will be this alive? Is going to be it. This is going to be it. Yeah, she'll be alive. Okay. People like her too much now. Right. Yeah, fair enough. She didn't really feature in my plot that much. She was just there in the <laughs> periphery. But I don't think Jennifer Lawrence wants to be there. So, so you don't think she's going to be why. there? That's why. Yeah. I think it's also I think she'll worth be Jennifer Lawrence pointing, way more than um, she'll be Mystique. So. One hole in your plot and my plot is how does Jean Grey find the Brotherhood of Mutants? Do you want to say that her psychic abilities will lead her to find yeah, them? Yeah, she'll yeah. just rock up. She'll just she'll rock know. up. There'll be an establishing shot of the island. It'll be Jean Grey wandering around the island and then Magneto will be like chopping wood and will look up. There you go. Yeah, I guess it's no. <laughs> that's what's going to happen. A little bit that he Gene, has. Gene, what are you doing here? He has that. He has this island where they all live. Yeah. Which is also on my plot, by the way, just so you know. Oh, yep, yep, definitely. The um, dingy island. Yeah. It's the same island, but dingier. It's a cave yes. with soup bats. Yes, yes. Lots okay, of well, th- that was interesting. That was very thorough. And yeah. I think we're on the money, Kieran. I think it'll either be a combination of both of us, but I think we definitely called it. Yes. I'm very confident with this I one. I think it'll be closer to my one, just personally, but anyway. You little bragger. <laughs> you little, little cocky We man. will see. We will see in we'll a couple see. of months. If there weren't going to be aliens of all sorts in this movie, there'll definitely be aliens of all sorts in the movie that we're going to be talking about next week. Oh, it's Men in Black, isn't That's it? That's right. It's the new upcoming Men in Black International, That's starring right. the cast of Thor Ragnarok <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> This week, of course, we return back to the world of comic books after a couple of weeks hiatus. Mm. Started to get used to not talking about comic book movies. I know. But I think... It's a nice break. It seems like half our podcast is comic book movies. Yes. I think that's all they're making these days. Now, I believe Men in Black is actually based on a comic book as well. Was it really? I never knew that. But it's better known for the film series. Yeah. They sort of did their own thing. Didn't really follow the comic, as far as I'm aware. Well, we can get into it, but the Men in Black are actually a thing. It's a real organization, of course. But, you know, I don't think... They're exactly like the movie iteration, no. but anyway, we can talk all about that next week. So if you have your own plot prediction for X-Men Dark Phoenix or 
Men in Black International. Tell us where we went wrong with Dark Phoenix. Yes. Tell us if you're an expert in the comics, if you know the lore, what we, what we fudged up, what you think. We've got a Gmail address at potentialspoilerspod at gmail.com. Otherwise, we've yep. got a Facebook page. You can send us a PM over Facebook. It's just potential spoilers, but we're pretty easy to find. Just look for the logo that accompanies this the podcast. Big exclamation mark, unless we change our logo, it's which a I don't think we symbol, would. I think. Yeah. But yes, also subscribe to us on iTunes. That would be lovely. Give us a five-star review. Please give us five-star reviews. Yeah. Look, we notice, so give us five-star <laughs> reviews. It would be lovely if you... I check. <laughs> give us five-star reviews. Now we're going to go whole inundation of one-star reviews. It's going to be all your fault. You better not, people so, listening. Yeah, you listening. You listening right there? Give us a five star review. Give us five bucks while you're at it. Give me, give me your lunch money. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks for joining us for another week. Thank you very kindly for listening. Yes, and we will be in your ears again next week. See you then. Bye bye. Previously on X Men. Yeah, it's the juggernaut, bitch! Yeah, Charles, I'll beat the shit out of you!